Welcome to Front Row Geeks. We are recording. Anyway, you know, I could pause it to, you know, do it all. Are you, are you okay? Are you sick? No, that was one of the, uh, the various, like, things that, you know, like a raspberry. I like how it took this long to, like, describe it. Well, <laughs> After I you're trying to avoid the word mouth, uh, like, the phrase mouth noises. Mouth noises. I thought you were going to fool me into thinking it was a, it was a soundboard, because I would have believed you, I think. <laughs> Like, is he about to tell me it's from the soundboard? No. Yeah, that sounded very real. <laughs> like, That's not, not soundboard. No, the soundboard, I'm trying to find, like, just, you know, he really thinks that, and now that's going to be cut on recording. <laughs> oh, sorry, my stomach. Oh, really? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, it's something I ate, I guess. Okay, that was the last one. I mean, it won't be the last one for me. <laughs> the new tech flash, aka the sound my camera makes when it sees something. <laughs> okay, so MPX Asher, hi, how you doing? Yo, let's get into today's topic. Okay, so I was into another podcast a few days ago before recording this. I was talking about um, the games that they felt largely influenced their taste in other in other games. I don't know if there's another more specific word for it, but influential. I guess so, right? Like something that like that totally influenced your your particular taste in games that like. And I wouldn't even say it had to be it has to be like even good or even one of your favorites, but like, like you can just like point to it and go, Oh, that's that was the root of like this this type of gaming that I'm doing. Did that make sense to you when I threw it out there? Kind of. What the Well, I guess since I'm the who brought it up, I can go first and I think from there we can just go in a circle. Okay. So we can go if we can go be I'm sure gets and rinse for people now. And I'll go first since I guess uh, that'll give me that'll put up the example. Oh, um, but it was really hard. And now that I'm looking at my list, well, there was one more thing that I, I really should have considered putting in here. Oh, no. Uh, see, five was so difficult. Damn it. Because the, what I'm thinking is a good example, even though it didn't make my top five was a good example. Shit. I'm so pissed. Um, okay, you know what? Here, I'll, this this will be the first one throughout. And this is in no, no particular order either. Although the last one I'm going to throw out might quote both be obvious and the one I'm going to leave is like my like absolutely um the first thing i'm going to throw down to help make sense of what we're trying to do here is ddr interesting choice so ddr was i think for many people maybe or maybe not for many people i don't know for me it was it was a big deal when i first came upon the machine that was a ddr machine like uh and obviously because of the type of gameplay it was and where we were technology wise back in those days like the only place you can play that was an arcade. I I knew, and actually, some of the first experiences I had with DDR was at uh, LAN parties, essentially. Yeah, because there was a PlayStation Two version, I think, of someone. Right? Well, no, PlayStation One, Slappy Mats, and Solid Mats, and things like that for home consoles. I had one of those at one point. It was so shitty. Like, I mean, it was still fun, but. Although I didn't get one of those until much later into the fad that was DDR for me, mm-hmm. but and that was a middle layer of what I'll get to in a little bit. But 
I mean, but it started off as like a purely arcade thing where I would like seek out arcades and the matter what we were doing, if we we're going to the movies, oh, there's an arcade, oh, there's a DDR machine. That would be like my train of thought. Like, I'm going to the movies today, bringing quarters to play DDR while I'm there. Like that, yeah, needed to happen. Like occupied almost any theater across the nation that after a certain point. Right. And then that heat in, in college, because at the U of A, there there was a DDR machine, like like in the, like in one of the like uh, student union lounge areas, and that's where I was going to spend my time anyway. But there was a DDR machine, and it was a DDR machine the entire four years that I went there. So there was a lot of time spent playing DDR on the DDR machine, and it was like the the version that I liked the most because I guess the I guess there's a multitude of remix and versions and these revival. Well, those were editions because some of them had different songs. Uh, I don't know if they actually had different gameplay options because obviously the art really? is very different than the home version. The the mix that I that I liked the most was DDR Extreme. The mix on in those in that arcade machine for DDR Revolution Extreme was peak for me. All the songs that I liked the most and all the ones that I care about the most and. I know we talked about home releases, but one of the heartbreaking things about the home releases is that I never had the same playlist in any of the single versions of that. So, Unless you could somehow get yourself an arcade machine, which good luck finding space in your house. Especially for the R machine, because that takes up a particular amount of space. Unless somehow you can get zoning to get a basement? No, I don't think I'm going to get a basement here. In the garage, yeah. When I'm when I'm rich and famous one day, I'll have my own at home DDR machine. Which let's freak. Just put it in the bathroom. It has enough room. House <laughs> freaks though. I might already have one, but I'll get to that in a bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I there was friend circles around DDR, which also has to do with one other game that I'll talk about later. Uh, yeah, eventually I got the, the like the crappy P- PS2, PS1 mats played at home, but then that was like not good enough. So once Eddie graduated and had adult money. What was one of the first purchases I did? I can <laughs> I bought one of those expensive ass as fuck uh, DDR mats, like this three hundred dollar DDR like hard mats hard that that I still have. And Asher, I forget you if you were there for this, but I got a particular ad- edition. I got the one that was you can guess right. You know which one I got? Isn't it the one that's like sitting around your house every day? Yes. Yes, yes, but what is it? What 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 is it embezzled with? Embezzled, not the word. Emblazoned. Emblazoned. There we go. You remember uh, the that 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 Zelda like game that was a dance game. Um, it's, oh, 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 you're talking about um, Dungeon Beat Now. Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Yes, that. Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, that, yeah Necro Dancer. Yeah, there we go. That's the one I got. Like as soon as I we saw that, at, at, were you there for the GDC where they were showing that off? No, you showed it to me after that GDC because that was like a, I think a year or two before I actually got it. So that's what pulled me into that, and then yeah, so I bought like a three hundred dollar one that I plugged it into the computer at home, and then eventually they meant how did I play with a computer plugged in DDR mat? You can guess how I'm playing DDR on a DDR mat at home now. Now, yeah, go ahead and guess how I'm doing. Many up. I'm sorry, I gotta get good. So have that honor. tiny hand controller. That's shaped like a DDR mat. Absolutely, uh, uh, only what it is. So, so there you go. That's no, no. It's Step Media. Look up Step Media. It's a computer version where you can download a whole bunch of people, like crowdsourced, open source DDR music. 
Yeah, it Step Mania. What it's like? Wasn't that what Andy had on his computer set up? Yes, because there's both a, a foot version and a finger version. Because yeah. the because for a while, you know, the, your at home version of it was keyboard, just using the arrow keys and playing DDR games on it. So it breaks down. There was the finger version, and then there was a just hey, buy a three hundred dollar mat. Good luck version. Yeah, that's hard to maintain. There's so many files. You got to write the fine songs. Sometimes they're out of sync. Ah, it's it's a chore to keep a handle on. Whatever, it's like it's fun. But yeah, that's my, my that's my starting pick. DDR was super influential for me. And now, like I I love games like Just Dance just because it's like my like we have we have DDR at home version. Just Dance or DDR. <laughs> you just simply not unlock. Uh, have to get, use a lot of uh, backups of various other game stations because otherwise uh, you won't have access to some of the libraries. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, Not to mention other compatibility options. I guess I'm next? Oh my gosh, sure. Yeah, there was me. that was me introing it. So I hope that cleared up everything for everybody. Okay. I'll probably, it's probably been, really, like, people know of this for quite a big, it's like I mentioned it on and off stream, but huge, huge fan of Metroid because, well, that was my actual first me only game uh so i have a huge love for metroid as as sad as nintendo has been treating it this year it's been good because like there's lots of points towards that we should be getting news soon about metroid prime 4 and then we had like last year's metroid dread wow metroid or platforms have become the new half-life 3 then there's the metroid prime remaster that came out earlier this year and then that 2D one, Dread, right? It is Dread, that's what it was. Well, Dread was last year. Pro uh, yeah, Dread was last year. That one was made by the same team, Mercury Stream, which did uh, the 3DS remake of uh, Samus Returns because Nintendo saw what they did with Samus Returns and uh, actually offered them to make a new Metroid game. And that's how we got Dread. Wow. Uh, as for what's going on with Prime 4, it sounds like they initially had a studio that fell through, and now it's back to Retro Studios, even though, like, every single one of the team that was part of the original Metroid Prime has moved on. They did get some people back to help out with Prime in the form of the studios that that team created decided to partner up with Retro Studios to help them out a bit. And so, yes, my entire uh, thing is I like Metroid because of the setting. As And, like, as much as everybody goes, like, we need strong females in gaming, I'm like, Samus Aran. Do not use what are the Metroid Other M. Do, do not use Metroid Other M as the measuring stick of Samus. No, that isn't that. Metroid Other M? I don't know what you're talking <laughs> But... For me, I liked just getting lost in the worlds of Metroid, even though the original Metroid, I got lost for a different reason. <laughs> the literal kind? Well, when you have like five environments that it's like, this one looks like this one. And what level am I on? Good luck. Because like the t there was barely any differential tile sets. So my technically first game that shaped me was more of a game series because like the original Metroid okay got me interested in it. Super Metroid got me just really hooked in the world. And I've just been a Metroid fan ever since. Yeah, and I'm a late 
I'm a little bloomer to, to, to the Metroid stuff. I don't think I played an actual full Metroid game until Fusion. Which means you played Metroid 4, which is was, at the time, the final game in the series. Really? Well, I, didn't realize, I didn't realize the lore went that deep. Well, it's weird because at the, probably when you played it was around when the GBA was big, uh, big and popular, correct? Mm-hmm. Dread takes place after it. Okay. So... There is a timeline, and it is fairly straightforward. It's basically one, then the Prime series, two, three, then we have uh, three, and then four, which is Fusion, and then five, which is Dread. Has any of that, like the the, the Metroid like games, has any has any of that like get switched in there with your love for Metroid? Which ones? Like yeah, the other bikes? Yeah. I probably had a huge influence because, like, I like game and, like, I I did back uh, Koji Igarashi's uh, Bloodstained because it's like, oh, hey, cool, Metroidvania. Even though, like, I am a iffy about Symphony of the Night of all things, <laughs> but I, I'll play game. Uh, I'll play a game like Axiom Verge and absolutely love it. It's weird. Um, so yeah, I'd say that the whole Metroidvania thing has influenced me to a degree but it's like at the same time it's like not necessarily the biggest influence don't you just but just just metroid in, in general just metroid in general and if something has metroid like mechanics i'll i'll take a look at it and then probably go from there well yeah that's a big one mp okay uh i've been trying to rack my brain over this is like top five or like just five of any it doesn't have to be a particular order if you don't want it to be. okay well i've been trying to rack my brains over various games over the years and things like that and uh i think i'm going to pick legend of zelda the original nes one simply <laughs> because uh i think it was just simply at the time of being so impressive of what it was but i'm honestly at a loss of exactly how to describe how i felt playing it when it was you know, at that time, uh, I don't know. This is why I don't like lists because I just <laughs> can't think of anything to actually talk about. It's all right. I mean, I remember, I remember that game. God, I played the crap out of the game. I, in fact, I never beat the game until I was an adult, just because I got so lost in that game. And that's to the game's credit that you know it was so expansive. And well, in some ways, we could say it's one of the earliest open world games in the way we think of them today. Just simply Don't down. Here you go. Well, it's the fact that it has loading screens. Obviously, every screen you go to is a new loading, and there's a lot of you know things you can cheese by doing abusing that and such. But still, yeah, I I don't know. It's just I would say that it has influenced my taste, but I can't exactly describe. No, but it was a big deal at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I also concur with that. I don't know. This is. As I said, this is why I don't like lists because sometimes I just don't you worry. That was still a good answer. Um, just trying to think because, like, yeah, like again, you know, I was because I couldn't beat that first game. Like, I mean, I replayed it like a million times anyway. But like, yeah. I didn't get hooked on Legend of Zelda until Orphan in Time. Half because of the difficulty of the NES, NES games, and then the other half is that I'm one of those kids that skipped Nintendo for the for the Sega Genesis when Super Nintendo uh-huh. came out, and then he go back. Until in sixty four, so like I missed out on all all everything that Zelda had to give me until Orc Reign of Time, Oof. which you know that's what 
you know, uh, retro gaming is for now. But, but yeah, no, that's a classic. Okay. Um, here, I'll go to the next one. The next one you two already know because I, I put it out as an example. Uh, but the indie game Braid is another big deal for me. I, yeah, do you two remember what the game is about? Uh, are, are you wanting, like, the various theories or just what the... Just superficial. Superficial. Like, he, what I love about... Explosion. Okay, yeah. What I love about it is superficial, too, so we don't need to deep dive into the lore of it. You don't want to. But, you <laughs> well, know, no, explosions, Jesus. <laughs> no, that's that's the thing, is that, like, some of the theories that went around Braid, I'd have to put as superficial, because it's, like, it's about the atomic bomb. I'm like, what? Yeah, I didn't get that. That's one of Matt Pat's theories, actually. I've seen that one. Yes. I have to watch that again. I don't remember that. Probably almost 10 years old, if it is. Yeah, because it's like one of the very early, early game theories. Like, okay, again, superficial. I thought the game was about some guy chasing a girl that didn't want him. That's the stated plot. Yeah, that's that's all I got. Like, again, superficial. I was cutting at the top. I didn't go any deeper. That iceberg is very small to me. <laughs> but, but yeah, that was one of them. I like that inversion of the trope. That was a good time. But even just the mechanics, the, look, that's what did it for me. Like, that, that's twofold. One... Just the make that level alone, I think, did it for me. That where that reveal happens, that superficial reveal. Because if you, were, you know, I don't know if you two remember that part, but you're playing that game backwards, that that level backwards, and again, the whole time you're thinking playing backwards. Oh, I'm trying to save save the princess here. It isn't until the very end of that level where you had to play things in forward time again to to beat the level. They realize, oh no, this this lady's totally run away from you. You're a creep. Welcome to the game. Like that was uh, like uh like. What made that brilliant is not necessarily narrative itself, although, yeah, again, inversion of the trope was a good time. But how they executed on it. Who was my voice? No. But how they executed on it. And that's one of those things that, like, oh, okay, I get what indie games are doing. Like, this is where fun fun little things happen. Like, not everything needs to be, like, a like a big scoping 40-hour, 50-hour thing all the time. Just these little moments were great. So, Braid, not only good in and of itself, had an interesting kind of like, twist to it, but just open me up to playing more indie games in general. Great. Okay, uh, my turn? Yep. Oh boy, MPX did touch upon it, but I'd probably say, I'd say since I tend to be more series-based, um, Legend of Zelda, but mine was more, not the original, but more of like Link to the Past. I know a lot of people go like, but, but Ocarina of Time is, it's like, no, like the first Zelda game that I really actively got into was uh late to the past because that was the nes one right that was the one singular snes one okay barring the satellite thing which we're not gonna get into excuse me uh it's just i like that uh, i like zelda and it uh, whenever there's a new game i i do get a little hyped but it's always one of those trying to figure out the because there's the 2D top-down Zeldas, so things like uh, Link to the Past, the original Zelda, um, God, what is it? Uh, Four Swords? Not Well, Four Swords is one of them, but that's technically a side thing. I was thinking, well, go ahead. Uh, are you thinking of the GBA one? Yeah, the, the Game Boy one, yes. Uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah. Uh, Link's Awakening... And things of that nature where it's like, okay, you you can see everything around you, that you have hearts, and the mechanics are pretty straightforward. Whereas 
Then there's all the games based off of like Ocarina of Time, uh, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker. And now supposedly there's the third category, which is only two games in this category. What is that? Uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, which... Yeah, right. I guess I can kind of see that being a third, the third. I I, I want to put that one as more of like if you took the 2D uh, uh like progression where it's like, yeah, you can do whatever you want to and then mix in like operative times like, but you're in a 3D world and then put it together. Uh, but if I had to say the one that probably influenced me the most, it was late to the past because, yeah, I did like uh, Ocarina of Time, I actually like Majora's Mask better in that regard. Oh, you're one of those. It's because Majora's Mask caught me a little bit better, plus the fact that I just... Sure, sure, sure. No judgment. And I do know Majora's Mask was basically just, they took everything from Ocarina of Time and made something new. Right. But I just liked... That might be a pattern we see later today. Yeah. Um... So, I kind of want to say, like, the, the Zelda series, um, I kind of want to see what they go from here, because it feels like Nintendo may just say that, yeah, what we did with uh, Twilight Prince, eh, not Twilight Prince, eh, Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild, we've done that, we're going to go into a different direction now. In that case, and, I can tell you the true third type of Zelda. The, what's that one where you find like a million a million people at one, all at once? That's the third type of Zelda. Well, that's, that's not a Zelda. Game. <laughs> There's a Zelda game that is part of that. There's two of them. Two of them. Yeah, but that that's a Musou game. That is that's a Musou game. I actually really enjoy those. Those are really. I fun. wish they made a new Gundam Musou just so we could play together. Amen. Yeah, they also name. I know. I just derailed us. I'm sorry. It's okay. I think it's. I, I hate doing this to poor MPX, but no, I feel like it's his turn okay. again. Well, yeah, if we don't take, if we keep on taking as much time as we are, we're never going to finish before <laughs> two hours. Uh, Warcraft 2. <laughs> yes. Uh, while I didn't get to play much of the original Warcraft, Warcraft 2 certainly uh, brought me into the concept of, oh, hey, it's a Blizzard game, so it's automatically good, which, of course brought me into various other games such as Diablo, Diablo 2, Warcraft 3. Uh, even initial World of Warcraft was pretty fun. So I think uh, Warcraft 2 just always hits that homey place in my heart. It was like, oh, hey, remember when games were good? <laughs> that inner child sort of thing? Yeah, because I had a lot of good experiences with it. Warcraft 2 was my first RTS. Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. That was so good. I I remember our first encounter with it. That was at uh, Mile Icon, wasn't that? Uh, yeah, I think it is. I'm trying to remember exactly how the exact order of operations happened. I feel like it was Mile Icon. Yeah. And then we moved down to New Mexico. Yeah, but I already had the game by then. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. It's just... You know, one of the first. It is kind of feel like they don't make RTSs like they used to, which I know RTSs anymore. The closest you'll get is 4X games. Well, no, the closest you'll get is MOBAs. 
because yeah. most bubbas were built out of an RTS engine. Mm-hmm. But instead of having any base building or unit controlling, it's usually like, oh, let's just reduce it down to a unit. Well, that that's what I mean is that that it, the closest you'll get to the original RTS gameplay with base building and things of that nature are the 4X games. Yeah, but even then, they a convenient turn limit or you know endpoint within an hour usually. Yeah, which that's the thing is that I. It closes to, but not. It is not exactly the same. I think the only thing that was released that is technically an old school RTS was Rome Two, uh, Total War Rome Two Remaster. I mean, they they've been releasing a ton. There's a little... I don't know if the Rome, I don't know if any of the Total War series count as an RTS. I mean, technically they do because of the uh, unit constr- uh, stuff and such, but it's the fact that uh, the overall lane layer uh is sort of a separate thing and is turn-based in a yeah. sense i don't know it's technically i would put it in rts but i don't know if it would genuinely count the, as the same thing because it's not really starcraft like you know yeah, the only other rts that i can think of that's still going kind of strong is age of empire also I'll, would you I put um this big research and so that's the closest thing to a major rts at the moment is it's essentially a 20-year-old game being remade. What is that game type? I think it's like a RTS adjacent. That's like, um, what's that game style? That game called where you're, you you control just a squad, quit a little squad. What are those called? Uh, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, just like your five-person five squad, you go into a map and... You mean like in art? I said having a uh, base building or anything like that, you just simply have a select small amount of units to control. Are you looking like a tactics game? No, I think he's talking like at least uh, real time. So, well, what's what's that one with that famous that, that popular franchise that has like an alien invasion and you're like a counter a counter alien oh, you for it? Thank you. On my yes, list. XCOM. XCOM. Yeah. That's a tactics uh, game. Okay. Yeah. Then yes. Then that. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Like I feel like that's like in, like a offshoot of L- in some. Not really. It is entirely turn based. No, this is just there's that. Anyway, okay, right. So the next thing on my list, um, next thing I want to put down, which actually is has a lot of similarities to Soul Calibur. Sorry, I just give it away. The DDR Soul Calibur Two was uh, the game for me. <laughs> that for me had a lot of similarities to to how DDR kind of came around because that was that was a game that was mostly about about hanging with other people because. Soul Calibur came to my life in high school when we were all playing it at, like at lunch and after school back in high school for us. So I played the shit out of that game then. And then that eventually turned into similar to, to, to the DR, but there was also a Soul Calibur 2 cabinet at where I went to, to college. Like, again, like we're almost right next to the DDR machine, like 10 feet away. So well, there was always a group of DDR people, and then once that dispersed, there was always a group of Soul Calibur people. And the arcade version had a lot more options that, like, you had like a, your own character that you can create, and then it would like turn into an AI that other people can fight in a conquest mode kind of thing and kind of stuff. But yeah, Soul Calibur Two did it for because that was like the number. This is really the only fighting game I've ever gotten into. Like I can't, I can't do any other game seriously. Maybe Smash, but that's a fully different beast. But like well, anything, about fighters. Yeah, but that was more for fun too. See, those I I played them, but never with the intention of like getting good. It's just like oh, this is a fun oh. experience. So, casual, rather than 
Yeah. Everything was always casual after the, anything else. Street Fighter, totally for casual. Tekken, for the casual. Mortal Kombat, for the casual experience. It was only Soul Calibur because of Soul Calibur 2 that I gave any rat's ass about this type of fighting game and only Soul Calibur franchise games. And then, again, I made social circles surrounding it. Um, the only other, I think the only other comparative comparison this could have would be Overwatch, where I like spent like a year playing Overwatch with like the same group of six people in line for like a year. But again, that pales in comparison to like four years of Soul Calibur people being around the Soul Calibur machine for four years. So it was a good time. Good fighting game. I only care about Soul Calibur. I'm excited for the rumors about a remaster of the Soul Calibur 2 game. I'm here for it. See what happens. That was my big going to include Link. And who are no, the two spawn? Are we talking like the original Soul Calibur or like number two? I mean, number two. Yeah, Soul Calibur 2. Okay. Which had Link, Spawn, and who else? Um, Heihachi. Yeah, Heihachi. <laughs> which I, I don't think that's going to be possible. At least one of those was two. Difficult. Um, I see a couple of those working. I mean, like Heihachi, they could easily get. Honestly. I mean, they got The Witcher a couple of years ago. So, like, can't be that hard to get other licensed characters in there. Well, combat does it all the time. Last Soul Calibur is because it was multi-system. It was a question of whether the guest characters would also be technically multi-system characters, which so far has been proven correctly. Yeah, yeah like there was no exclusive characters, or there was nothing silly like, oh, hey, choose either the Xbox version or the PlayStation version, or Darth Vader or Yoda. And then they found out that Yoda was a broken character and banned from tournaments. <laughs> right. Although it was fun playing Darth Vader, as random and weird as that was. <laughs> well, it's probably much more funner than uh, Harris Kai. I don't know who that is. <laughs> you should look I, it up while people are talking about other ones. Normal freeway. Put in chat. Well, well, Asher's gone. Okay. I'll okay. just spell it in chat. Okay. <laughs> I'll try my best. You uh, Google it first. Go for it. Go for it, Asher. This one's going to be weird because, like, I've just been going off of, like, what I feel is. So there's no real main or, like, order to them. But the next one that's coming to my mind is a toss-up between two series. Uh, but I'll probably mention the one that I feel has a lot more influence. Oh, it's Terris Cassie. Oof. Uh, would probably be the Final Fantasy series. Oh, that's a good one. Admittedly, the first Final uh, like... While we did technically have access to Final Fantasy One, that was that was our sister's copy, and oh god, uh, I think the first uh, Final Fantasy that we had proper access to was was it two or was it? Uh, it was two, and we also got uh, Final Fantasy. Not, I'm trying to remember what it was called. The uh, Final Fantasy games that technically wasn't a Final Fantasy game, or the Final Fantasy games that they made specifically for the West. Oh, I, I thought we rented uh, Mystic Quest. Ah, uh, no, we eventually had an, a uh, cartridge of it. Probably rented it. But, yeah, no, like, I'd say Final Fantasy definitely had a huge influence on my game, uh, on, like, the games I play, because, quite literally, that's the first JRPG, cool t- or j- RPG in general, that I got my hands on. And that's probably heavily influenced on like how I look at RPGs in general is how easy can I get into the combat and how good is the story? And that's probably why I have a harder time getting into 
isometric RPGs like Baldur's Gate and Divine Divinity is because it is such a... They're based off of actual game mechanics from respective tabletop games. Baldur's Gate was based off of AD&D. Uh, Divine Divinity, I think, was Pathfinder? No, uh, Divine Divinity, the original Divine Divinity wasn't based off of any particular role-playing game, as far as I know. Uh, what was 2, then? I feel like... I don't know. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, are you talking about uh, uh, Divine Divinity, but Divine Divinity... Uh, original Sin. Yeah, Divinity, the original Sin series. Where Div it's Div Divinity subtitle Original Sin 2. Yeah, uh, I don't know what that one is based off of because I've never played it. Okay. But uh, no, it, and and that's the thing is that like I know people, including yourself, Eddie, that are like you need to play Baldur's Gate three, and I'm like everything I see about the story just makes me cringe at it. It's because you're you're a, you're a, a contrarian, David. That's fine. Well, no, it's because you're it's quite literally everything I've seen about it is also kind of contrary to its own series because it sounds like you could basically just ignore the whole concept of alignments and keep characters that barring storing reasons in your party and they don't care that like oh i am like lawful good but you just did a chaotic evil thing so whatever and so to me the story is like no that that would cause problems so first off I might have told you maybe once to do that. I have I haven't peppered you with it. And second, we don't have time to, for me to defend all of this today. Well, there no, that was you're, more. You're not just you, Eddie. That was not just you. That was other people that I've sure. seen do stuff like that. So it's like eh. I can tell you how wrong you are another day. But then again, there's also things like it took me a really long time to even try uh, to even like the original Fallout games. And I've heard people say that uh, these are people that supposedly liked. Uh, the new style of Fallout games that tried the old one and found that they liked them better story-wise. I like Fallout 1 and 2? Yeah, Fallout 1 and 2 and Fallout Tactics, which... I mean, Tactics is the last odd end bit. And that's the weird part, is that Tactics was the one that finally said, like, hey, maybe you should actually just go into 1 and 2, please. Uh, quick question, was uh, Fallout 1 and 2 Black Isle? I believe so, yes. Or was Black Isle somebody else doing something else? I think Fallout 1 and 2. No, they had to be only the first one. I think Bethesda was fully in on by number 2, I think. No. No? No, 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 no Specifically no. on 3. Because it was a big deal that they were resurrecting the series at that point. No. Yeah. I, I should say for reference that I didn't get into Fallout 2 and 3. I mean, there's a ton of dead game studios that it's hard to keep track of them. Oh, it was developed by Black Isle. Yes, it was. Okay, I, I thought it was Black Isle, but no, it, it's like this is why I like uh, that, uh, like JRPGs and things like, um, like I can enjoy things like Shin Megami Tensei, and then kind of just balk at things like Baldur's Gate Three because of the fact that, that again, I don't have time to get it to to start defending the game. Because the fact that the game doesn't need to be defended. It's it already proven that, yes, it's a good game. I don't have to like it. Absolutely. You're correct. You, you, but you can still be wrong about everything you're saying. No. This is opinion. Opinion doesn't have to be wrong. It just means the fact that I don't like the game. Now, stuff like you're saying about alignments is absolutely wrong. Like, you're not right. 
Well, three. that's from my perspective. That while I have not played the game, it literally looks like everything you you can do whatever you want, and barring story reasons, characters will never leave your party. Do you want me to ask flat again? I can't get into it now, but then you're wrong. That's incorrect statement. That's all I'll say. But again, I can't get into it. I know you can't get into it, but like I, it's made me play games that I wouldn't on it. But the whole Final Fantasy thing made me play other RPGs that I wouldn't thought it like if I didn't play Final Fantasy, I probably would not have tried these ones as well, like the Earthbound series or weirdly enough, its main competitor, Dragon Quest. Not to go into because Dragon Quest is probably the most lighthearted JRPG series I can think of to this day. Right. Because even like the only one that I've played so far has been Eleven and them finally doing a trope that I, I swear I saw in like three other Final Fantasies and them doing it in the most yes, it's kind of dark, but it's one of those I know where this is going, but I still want to play this tells me that yes, they the the team behind Dragon Quest knows their thing and they know that you don't have to do super dark stories and still make an enjoyable game. Um, but yeah, I'd say Final Fantasy probably influenced a lot of my tastes in JRP in RPGs in general. Um, I think that's about it before we start getting into yelling matches about the differences between JRPGs and Western RPGs. I almost put Final Fantasy on my list. That's all I'll say. Okay, my turn. Yep. Your turn. Uh, as you stated, XCOM is also on my list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the original one as well. Oh, the one I time muted. You have to understand, the first time I got to play XCOM was a demo disc, which set you up in a very basic situation uh, of just one of the fights. And I had played that demo disc to death until I finally got the game for Christmas one time. And finally started playing through it myself. And was surprised at the beginning of, wait, I don't have any armor? I don't have any of these fun abilities or <laughs> tactics? Uh, just we're for hunting out gray alien in a uh, farmhouse was difficult. <laughs> oh, God. And just trying to do things. I mean, then again, I did manage to figure out the best way to handle the game. Probably the most nonsensical tactic for a tactics game. I started making uh, firing lines and acting as if this was, you know, the 18th century. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. It is a valid tactic in the in the original XCOM. Well, it was abusing essentially uh, Overwatch, which does have problems. Uh, but the original XCOM Enemy Unknown is definitively one of the things that has influenced my taste over the years. That's just a satisfying game. <laughs> that series, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Wait, have you played the original XCOM? Not the very original. But I, I didn't get into it until Enemy Unknown, I think. I think? I think this the uh, 2012 reboot? Yeah. The Firaxis one? Mm-hmm. Wait, was it Firaxis? Yes. I was. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, that one's still a good game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there are certain issues, I would say, with the 2012 one. I mean, it's a good reboot in a sense, but I do agree that there's probably some things that, you know, there was a reason why people were sort of hoping for when uh, Julian Gallup announced his own uh, spiritual successor. 
Xenonauts? No. Oh. Uh, he's the one that did the... I forget what it's called. Uh, but it unfortunately was one of those that got picked up by uh, Epic to put on the uh, Epic Store back in 2019, I believe. Or was it? Oh, oh, Phoenix Point. Phoenix Point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm done. Okay. This uh, number four. This next one for me won't take too long because it's basically a spinoff of, of what you just said, Asher. Um, well, as far as JRPGs go, uh, like I said, eight was probably one that I was thinking on, but the more I thought about it, it kind of came down to there, there could only be one at the end of this JRPG side of things. I heard thing about Kingdom Hearts that that didn't make the final cut between what ended up winning. Persona three was another big one, but that also didn't make it because this one I think more than any one of those, as big as I am to those other series that I've mentioned before, this one this one was the catalyst for like a whole new world of like RPGs for me. That's Tales of which one? Vesperia. Uh, Legendia. Oh, no. you, you were closer. You were the closest MPX. It was it's, it's Symphonia. Oh, oh, the uh, okay, the the very first official Tales game to come stateside. Yeah, and that was the, that's the one that I, I think you recommended to me. It has to have been you, Asher. I'm almost certain. It, it's probably because like I was super hyped about it. Mm-hmm. Between it was between you and them win, and them winning like uh, time G four was still airing, and they they had their own award show, and that one get uh, RPG of the year at that award show. But I think between, it had I, I can't remember if I saw that before or after I played the game, but the those two should have together combined into the fusion dance of Eddie's got to play this. <laughs> so I did, and and I'll hit, that is the bar that I my experience with that. I guess maybe not necessarily the game itself because you know how things age, right? But yeah, the the feeling I had playing it, the you know the experience of it is now like the watermark for every other experience I have with every other RPG, JRPG or, or otherwise. It's, it's the dragon I chase every time I, I boot up an RPG. Any RPG. It's the dragon I chase. And no, nothing nothing for me will, will be better than when you find out that Kratos is the bad guy all along. Because I didn't see that shit coming. And I was like, holy shit. How, did they, how could they do that? Because that might have been the first time I played a game where your playable character turned on. But I, I can't remember if I ever played another game that had that. Like, it can't be. It couldn't have been original. This is game. like a long-term character and not like a short-term, oh, hey, neat. But... And you know, just the way they tell the story, the length of it, you know, the the, the different options within it, just yeah, it's for for me that started it all. That's what me down that path totally. But yeah, tells us some funny. Boom, put it on the map. I'm sure. I think, and this kind of ties into the other half that I mentioned because is that the other game that probably influenced me the most, uh, Secret of Mana. You know, yeah, and it technically the Mana series because like. Everyone was like, "What? Well, you're not a JRPG. No, not quite. I Probably the reason why I'd separate the two is because the Mana series is more action-based, and so you're all, uh, like, if something attacks you, you can technically dodge, so you don't get hit. And so, in a Oops. weird way... Tails does that. Yeah, Tails does that, but the Mana series tends to be like, you... It's like you encounter a rabbit on the open uh, on the world map. You don't go to a separate little tiny enclosed space. You literally fight it then and there. So I probably put the reason why I put mana there is because of the more action side of things. It's why I like games like Monster Hunter or uh, some of the much more action based uh, JRPG uh, action based RPGs. Uh, like really enough, uh, Rune Factory. Uh, and that's the whole thing is like with 
man, uh, like when I saw the first trailer for Tales of Symphonia, it's like, wow, this is like Secret of Mana and Final Fantasy. It just, it sounds so good. And that's how like those two interacted is the fact that I like doing action stuff and Secret of Mana basically got me like, oh, hey, I like action RPGs because, well, I can at least house and the 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 only thing we got was a gotcha and i'm like mm. but you never know there was supposedly a mana game in the works but it also led to things like me playing east or oh god what's another what's another J, uh, like action based jrpg um I, I mean i know them now but now that i have to say them out loud <laughs> um is done there's there's definitely cry in that category Devil May Cry, not really. Not really. I would say that technically my love of Secret of Mana did lead me to play games like Devil May Cry. Um, but it, it would I wouldn't say that it was a huge uh, like huge way of going into it. Uh it may have been like the mix of Secret of Mana and Metroid, really? Or Secret of Mana and Zelda that or things of that nature. Um but it also uh, it's why have a weird a weird love of the game Kingdoms of Amalur. Well, let me know that one. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur was, I believe, a 2K game that was supposed to take a lot of influence from Celtic Myth. Uh, THQ, not 2K, THQ. And was it was an action RPG to, and the problem was that it was a big flop because... They were planning this whole, like, there's going to be the uh, action RPG, there's going to be a novella, because it also came out during the time of, like, when Fable and other things of that nature were winding down. But at the same time, like, as much as I liked JRPGs, I know that there's still some that I love because of how much I can just do based off of skill uh, the skills I have, which I'll admit, they're kind of garbage skills. I mean, NPX knows how well I dodge in Monster Hunter. But, uh, but I, I'd say probably the Mana series is probably one of the th reasons why I play like action RPGs is because it's like, hell, hey, I can at least augment certain things with my ability uh, with my natural control skills that RNG JRPGs don't give you. I never played yeah, Secret of Mana, but my brother Andy was really into it, so I know about Reputation. Yeah, I never played it myself. I I would heavily recommend giving it a try, and not the remake that was done a few years ago by Square. It heard they didn't turn out as well as they should have. Right? It was kind of broken. I mean, like I I played it for on stream, and then we noticed that there was a huge glitch with the save file time of it. So, while I have only really played about 10 hours of the game, because I own it on Steam, I have a copy of the save file that says I have played roughly 1,400 hours. Wow. Because it was that broken. You really liked the game, huh, Asher? If I was going to say, if you had to play a modern, modern uh, mana game, Trials of Mana. 100%. Trials of Mana. I'll put it on the to-do list. Yep. Weirdly enough, there's a demo out to it. I believe there's a demo. I'm, yes, I'm, there yeah. is a demo. 
I'll still have yet to pick up that 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 pixel remaster of Final Fantasy. I still need to do that. Uh, the pixel remaster, uh, I definitely would recommend probably in bundle, just if you want to save a lot of money. I was thinking of getting it for the plane ride to Japan, so I might I might still do that. Yeah, and as a heads up, the very first Final Fantasy is technically D and D. There you go. I I'm not joking. It's heavily influenced by D and D. I can see. Also, I like Trials of Mana in our movie. Okay. It's my turn for my number four. Go for it. Yep, Quake. Wait, oh. Uh, well, I didn't get into the Doom craze. I did get in when it was Quake. Because as soon as it went 3D, it felt a lot more interesting to me. Maybe that's heresy for most, you know, <laughs> boomer shooter aficionados or who don't care to be called boomer shooters because they're still classic shooters and such but uh the quake series uh really was very fun to me especially even quake 3 which didn't have much of a story or plot line or even level design it was just simply the first uh multiplayer only game technically speaking uh all hold a very pleasant place in my heart mm-hmm. i think it's also because of certain unique ideas of how to handle things such as like the very fact that the lightning gun will kill you if you discharge it underwater <laughs> yeah, the, the little things the misuse of grenades so accidentally if you're running forward while firing grenades you will find yourself standing on top of it when it explodes at one point well i'm saying like if you are sh- literally shooting in front of you while moving directly in front of you you will run into your own grenade. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Mm-hmm. I've never played it myself, so I can't speak on I can't speak to this one. It's an easy th- it shouldn't be that that hard to run on anything these days. I mean, like I think there's actually a Quake remaster. Uh there isn't a Quake remaster, but there is like some heavy modded versions that take the original code and update the game essentially for HD and other systems and such. They didn't have a campaign that could, like, campaigns by the modern okay. term. Uh, one and two actually have a single player campaign. Uh, then four, uh, but as that, uh, most of the Quake has usually been, uh, you know, multiplayer driven style stuff. Like, yeah. uh, Quake Live, what is it now? Well, yeah, but it's specifically like, leaned heavily into it with the idea of not even having a single player campaign like quake 3's single player campaign is you essentially doing a bunch of uh fights against bots honestly unreal tournament well that's what it it has less plot than unreal tournament <laughs> okay that's saying something <laughs> quake th- uh, i think unreal was in direct competition with quake 2 the very first Unreal tournament game? Uh, the first Unreal probably came out, I think, after Quake 2, but it was considered more visually impressive compared to it. So it became sort of a rivalry between id Tech and Unreal at that point. Yeah. Which, of course, if you know anything, uh, yeah. <laughs> Even with the rise of, you know, Doom and Doom Eternal, uh, it really hasn't changed anything for the uh, winners of that little bout. Admittedly, we haven't seen a new Unreal tournament in forever. I have seen the joke of, 
Oh, no, you have seen it. It's called Fortnite. What was the saying? There is a website saying uh, you begin your front real tournament. There's like an early alpha version, so it's on the horizon. I mean, people really want it, and I can understand, so... Well, you know what, ha you know what happens when the people really want something, Asher? Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Or it's like delayed until people don't want it anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay. So, on. But my final one... Um, Okay, before I say my final one, I'm I have to go through my honorable mentions that we won't go into detail, but I'll mention them. Okay. Uh, honorable mentions: Subnautica, the reason why we play any survival game on this channel anymore, this because of Subnautica. That's the reason, and not uh, because do we want to give you horrible trauma? Ah, uh, not at all, not at all. Um, Bloodborne, the other other reason we play other uh, Souls-like games on this channel because if I played that one, um, Binding of Isaac and Hades, I get I get double credit for getting me into roguelites. Um. And then final final honorable mention is the boss fight in two different games, Dante's Inferno and Wind Waker. Both of those boss fights are my favorite bo boss fights of all time, and they, they are the misery stick I compare all by boss fights. Wait, which boss in Wind Waker? The final boss in Dante's Inferno and the final boss of Wind Waker, which... Oh, and okay, so Ganon. Yeah. Well, Ganondorf. He's more Ganondorf in that game. Oh, true. That's Ganondorf, not Ganon. No. But that, this this... Again, I mean, that made me talk for a different day, but favorite boss fight of all time. That and the one from Dante's. Okay, so my real my real number one should be no no guess. I mean, no surprise to anybody, but it, it's Fallout New Vegas. The I mean, like we mentioned the series earlier. Yeah, the 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 measuring stick that I that I measure against all all fun factorness to every other game I play is Fallout New Vegas because there is no game that has taken more of my time and imagination and and translated to real world effects. Than Fallout New Vegas, like, yeah, you. I sure made the joke the other day, Eddie. What are you gonna play? Fallout New Vegas for the millionth time? Like, 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 add in, like, hand smashed on numpad several times. Yeah, yeah. I, cause I always go back to the game. I always go back to you know the themes of it. I always go back to the play style of it. The the way it plays out, how it has these, these funny humorous moments. The you know the the pop fifties. What America? What America? What the 50s thought America was going to look like in the 2000s kind of set it going on. Um, but in how dark and serious and weird, really like dark get sometimes great The my musical taste has been changed because of the damn game. I listened to freaking uh, Frank Sinatra because of the fucking game. Like, like the only other game that has, has had a similar influence music wise is Midnight Club, a racing game that I only played once. Midnight Club 3 <laughs> specifically. That and Fallout New Vegas are the three, are the only two games that have influenced my musical taste. Like, and like, they, there's no, there's, that's the only like pixels worth of Venn diagram overlap in those two games. Um, but yeah, again, just, I had so much fun in New, New Vegas. New Vegas has been so good to me that the goodwill I have for Bethesda has extended to, to this day, for better or for worse. Like, like Bethesda can do no wrong for me. I mean, it wasn't Bethesda because it was Obsidian that made the game. But by vert, that's again how how important it was that by association, the the developer that even developed the game, but just has their name kind of tied to it, still gets all the credit for me going forward and into Infinity. I have yet to be to be to be let down by Bethesda, even if they probably deserve it. But it's not coming from me. Um, I don't know what else I can say. Like like the way you explore the world was a lot of fun. The 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 how you weren't railroaded. Like, even when they gave you the railroad, they told you, enough, like, 10 other ways to get around it anyway. Like, it just... Yeah, there's just no experience like Fallout New Vegas, and anything that comes comes close to it usually gets being cited. 
and I'm always happy to have. It. So there you go. Follow New Vegas, Shanker, everybody. Huh. I'm guessing it's my turn now. Yep, yep. You're you're following one. Unless you want to do what I did and cheat and have honorable mentions. I mean, like some of the honorable mentions I mentioned earlier, like Star Ocean and the like. But this one, I'm gonna have to say, this is the one game that I've, and this is not game series like I've mentioned before. This is the one game that somehow I just keep going back to because, like, I just love everything about it: the story, the characters, the world. I, even though I know it, I've played it to death, and that's Wild Arms 2. Ooh, featured on this channel, right? Yes, we've actually gone through and beaten almost everything in Wild Arms 2, which I've never done. Sad to say, I probably will sit. I fudged that up because it was like, oh, uh, I built characters the way I, f I normally feel like it versus the here's the ultra-optimized version that allows you to beat the endgame bosses. And I'm like, Okay. Oh, but, come on. It's, it's fun to, to go for build once in a while. Yeah, but it's one of those things of like, I really, uh, while I really love the Wild Arms series, and I would tell everybody to try the games at least once, not four. Do not try four. Four is the weird boy. Do not touch it. Nyan, nyan, nyan. <laughs> um, And we are technically getting the spiritual successor. Admittedly, it was a Kickstarter, which it looks like they've opened up the outside uh, the if you missed the kickstarter you can still back this project which i'm heavily looking at going uh because it's the original creator of wild arms because he was the main guy behind basically all of the games and five was going to be the final one because well he saw what was on the wall and it's like i think this is going to be the final one we're just going to close the door on it Probably never come back to it. And while I did see influences from his company, Media Vision, in other games, of like, this is definitely Wild Arms feeling, it was like, I really wish there was a new Wild Arms. And technically, we're going to be getting something Wild Arms like. I forget the name of it. I think it posted it somewhere. Really? Yeah. Uh, I believe in news, and it's quite a while back. But the reason why I, yeah, like, I got wild arms one and it's like really love that series but then when i played wild arms two i loved it way more than anything i i played it off and on and every time i've got i played it i try i basically get to the final dungeon and stop right there because it's like i don't want this to end i do not want to continue because i know what uh, this ends like but it I would really love, uh, and the reason why I like it is because the world, it's its fantasy, but it's not high fantasy. It's not like Lord of the Rings or Final Fantasy, but it's not fa uh, like cyber uh, fantasy, uh, like, God, was it Star Wars? <laughs> not Star Wars. I was also thinking the weird one, which is like, take cyberpunk and add in orcs and uh, Oh, Shadowrun. Shadowrun. It wasn't like Shadowrun where it's basically essentially just a bunch of like fancy tropes and grunge. No, the the world is what happens if you have fantasy in the Wild West? Yeah, the games are a little bit more deeper than that, but the music evoked a very uh, Wild West feeling to it with the like the strummed guitars, the whistles, and it just I love the feeling of that because you have somebody that can cast magic 
and then somebody that's just really good with the sword. And then you have the uh, the one guy that has a gun. I'm, admittedly, like, there's a lot more to it, but it I really, really love because it was so different when compared to, like, Final Fantasy or uh, Meta, where it's like, that's more high fantasy, your standard fantasy. You don't get to see a lot of people trying to go like, oh, there's a gun. It, it, and they treat it more like how Tails treats the fucking mana cannon, where it, it's, it, it's outright evil. No, it's like, no, the reason why this technology exists is because it was developed to fight off the giant evil, and then it just fell to the wayside because quite literally, barely anybody would use it. Are you referencing Vesperia? Actually, no, I'm not riffing on that one. No, no, re referencing, referencing. Actually, no, like, I was thinking Symphonia because, like, or, no, not Symphonia. Uh, was it? I keep, I'm thinking about the Super Nintendo one, the one that got remade for... Oh, okay, I'm behind on that. Which is technically a sequel to uh, Symphonia, by the way. Well, I mean, Symphonia was a prequel to it. So that's what you mean. Symphonia was a prequel to the one on the Super Nintendo, yeah. Right. And that's the thing is that, like, every time, like, the Mana Canna is mentioned in the Tales series, it's usually done in regards of it is ancient evil technology. It is bad. Whereas in Wild Arms, the actual Epimodius arms are, they're just guns that allow the user to be, uh, like, through sheer force of will, exude more power through them. But you kind of have to have a very strong uh, will to use them in, in the first place. Because otherwise they're just going to be like, but that's my thoughts on it. It's like, and that's why I liked Wild Arms. It was just so different and the world just made sense to me. I'm going to have to give that a try at some point. And I know we've talked about it before and obviously we featured it on the channel here. I'd, I'll have to get into it. And that's the infin infinitely long to-do to list. Yeah. And now, sad to say, it's MPX's turn. Okay, Mech Warrior 2. Ooh. I agree! Oh, I was thinking about that one, too! Oh, yes! Uh, Armored, Armored Core and Mech Warrior, yes. I just, I did not consider them high enough. I, well, yeah, but I did play a lot of that. Even though I didn't get far in any of it, it was still really fun. Not to mention other games in a similar genre, such as Earth Siege or Star Siege. But yeah. I played the hell out of that game when I was a kid. Because that was like when this it was when like I only had like a handful of games, so you would have to go on repeat of those. Well I think I think I had at one point, yes, but but I was so bad at the game that I was never I never played it well. I played it all the time, but I was never good at it. Did you ever get one that had a uh, a twist function so you could do torso twisting on it? I don't know. That didn't, nope. Didn't have one with a twist. It did not. Okay. Uh, here we go. Finally found it. Finally found it. The wild, uh, sorry to interrupt NPX. Uh, it is called Armed Fantasia. That is the spiritual successor that did get kickstarted. So yeah. uh, the kickstarter was also in conjunction with another game that's also a spiritual successor. Weirdly yeah. enough to... Uh, God, what is it? Shadow Hearts. Mm. So, yeah, that's a thing, but that's a topic for later. Back to MPX and Mechwire. Bolo. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 
I would certainly say that was a big influence on my life, even though I technically didn't get to play it much. And the subsequent, uh, unfortunately, I didn't get three, which is bad because uh, it has lost media now. Is that's and Chile? Like, I don't know. I don't know if there are rips of three on the internet. There probably are ISOs somewhere in the dark corner. They cannot remake or release it again because the source code is gone. They used to have those. I think I, I think I hunted for those back in the day. Didn't keep. Uh, never got them to work. Then there was MechWarrior Four. Then it sort of disappeared for a while. Like it had the one on Xbox that I never got to play, <laughs> the original Xbox, the Mech Assault one. I think yeah. I didn't touch that one. I've heard good things about Five, but I haven't picked it up. I've, ha- I've heard mixed things. It's like okay. I- A high school buddy of ours, Asher, keeps talking about Five to me, and I just haven't pulled the trigger. Highly, it is moddable, so I've heard a lot of the mods are really good. I have Five. Uh, I played maybe a few bits of it. And okay, yeah, no, I feel I I'd probably feel a bit more comfortable if I had the joystick and throttle set up for it because trying to do that with keyboard and mouse is like uh, I am probably going to mangle this this setup. All right, well, I think that that concludes our, our our list. That was that was that was meaty. That was as meaty as I had hoped. We went into like super overtime. We're we're currently live. <laughs> I I took us live in the middle of that just because I I, wa- I didn't want to be too late to our stream, technically speaking. But okay. Before Sorry. we go, I had to mention one more honor, honorable mention because that is to me it's important, and uh, because I was just watching a video about it the other day. It was Borderlands Two. That's another one that deserves to be um, somewhere on my list somewhere, Whatever. just because, if for no other reason, is that to this day I, I still choke up thinking about Craig. because Craig's story is the <laughs> that for Craig. I mean, the rest of the game is great too, and everything. I lo- and I love the franchise, but Craig is like, oh, Craig, you beautiful bastard. Yeah, or why not for Craig? I mean, he's still alive, but or why not for a minute? Um, spoilers? Who cares? You play play Borderlands three. It's like years old. Um, that's it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're trying to record the podcast, but I'm gonna go straight into playing Cyberpunk. So don't go anywhere. Anyone who's popping us to be watching this now. Um, otherwise, you're listening to podcast uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We stream. Um, podcasts come out when I remember to post them after we record them. So let's see who's, let's see what happens with this one. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. No more announcements. Bye, everybody. Bye. This has been a presentation of Front Row Geeks. Adios.